Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you, too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode number 55 of ADHD for Smartass Women. I hope that January is being very good to you. I just got an Apple podcast review from Refn Kids from the Netherlands, and this is what Refn Kids says. I just listened to the episode with your son, Marcus, and it just blew me away. Anybody, I mean anybody, and she puts that in big giant caps, with teenagers struggling in the school system should listen to this episode. My teenagers both struggle, and Marcus's story is just so inspiring. I loved it. Thank you, Marcus, for sharing your story, and Tracy for making him. And thank you, Refn Kids, for loving this episode out my son, Marcus. I think it's probably my favorite. Anyway, a year ago, exactly today, I went live with my podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. You know, I had been wanting to speak about ADHD for a good three years before I started this podcast, but I was a big fat chicken. In past lives, you know, I've collected quite a bit of degrees. And so when I was going out to do something like law, obviously I had the degrees, the credentials, the paper to do it. And so the thought that went you know, on this loop in my head was, you have no formal training. Who do you think you are to do this? Now, by then, I had started studying with ADCA, which stands for the ADD Coaching Academy. It's a phenomenal organization if you're interested in ADHD coach training. But I was going through their program just because I wanted the information. I wanted to learn. I didn't have a doctorate. I didn't have a PhD in clinical psychology. I didn't even have a master of social welfare, right? I didn't have any degree that was relevant. And so what kept going on in my head is, could I really do this? Around then is also when a friend and business coach, Jen Lehner, sent me an audio message. She sent it completely out of the blue. I was on vacation. I think I was in a pool when I got it, floating on a raft. And I don't remember the exact comment, but it was something along the lines of stop being a wimp. Talk about what you're passionate about. Start the damn Facebook group. Be authentic. And... I had been talking to her and to other people about potentially starting a Facebook group about ADHD, but her message 
I don't even think she was talking about ADHD, but it hit me like a giant brick. Basically, what she was saying is be authentic. Talk about what you want to talk about. Quit being a chicken. Forget about what people will think because they're not thinking about you anyway, right? So for me, that meant, that word authenticity meant talking about what I really wanted to talk about, which was ADHD. So I started the Facebook group, uh, ADHD for Smartass Women. That came first. And initially, what I did is a lot of live videos about ADHD, and I noticed that people liked them. So I got more confidence. Two months later, I started working on the podcast. It's funny, you know, I was listening to a lot of podcasts at the time, and I remember people would say, she has a podcast or he has a podcast. And I would think, gosh, I would love to have a podcast. But I thought I couldn't do it. Actually, that's not true. Look, I knew if I had to do it, I would. I just wasn't sure that I wanted to do it. It was a huge commitment, but somehow I did it anyway. And now looking back, I'm not really sure how I did it. You know, when I first started recording these podcasts, they would literally take me an entire week between researching, between writing an outline, between um, writing a script out and recording. I would start on Monday and I would probably submit them around, well, I was supposed to submit them on Wednesday, but, you know, my podcast editor would get them around Thursday. Today, what I want to do is I just want to talk about what I learned in this year of podcasting. And I'm hoping that by doing this, I can inspire you to tackle that one big bucket list item that you really want to do, but you're scared and you can't seem to start because... I'm going to be honest with you, that was so me a year ago. Maybe not a year ago today, but maybe a year ago in the fall. Because again, it took me a couple months to get it all together. What you do is you record four episodes at the beginning. And so when you go live, there are, you know, there's more than just one episode to download. And so that helps you gain some traction. So it wasn't that I just had to record one episode, I had to record four. And that's why we're at episode 55, even though it's only been a year. So this is what I learned, or these are the things that I learned. Number one, you really don't need a plan. In fact, if you ask me to map it all out in advance and, you know, write down what every episode was going to be about and how I was going to be, you know, go about doing it, that would have literally scared the crap out of me because it all just would have seemed way too big. For me, the only way I could do it was to hold my nose and just jump and then only look at one week at a time. I could get through one week. I wasn't sure I could get through a month. And I was pretty convinced I could never get through a year. That one week was the only commitment that I could make, but I made it every week, one week at a time. What's that quote? How do you, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I mean, every time I, I think about how the podcast came about and how it's now been a year, I think of the elephant and eating it one little bite at a time. You know, the other thing is I think we generally don't like the word plan, especially those of us with ADHD, right? Because we think it's going to involve a lot of time and thought. We don't want to be locked in, and we often believe that whatever we plan, well, it doesn't happen like that anyway. 
And usually we're kind of right, aren't we? (laughs) Still, others of us think that taking the time to make the plan is the actual work. That's, That's all you have to do and then you're done. I'm sure you know people who are constantly making a new plan, but they're never implementing any of those plans, so they just kind of stay where they are. Making a plan, that's just the beginning. In order to have a successful plan, we need to act on it, right? On one plan, any one of those plans. What I discovered is that a plan doesn't have to be involved and complicated. In fact, it's best if it's not, because the way my brain works, the way our brains work, if there's no easy in and out, I am just not going to do it. Hello, planners, right? When I overplan and it's not simple enough, I just won't follow the plan. It's why my planner, my weekly planner is literally one sheet of paper, double-sided on cardstock because I can get in and out easily. I don't have to open up a big planner. I don't have to find the date. Excuse me. I don't have to find the month and then the week and then the day. All I have to do is just pull out this sheet. This sheet has my week. And so I will do it. So anyway, on the podcast, I had a simple plan. I was going to record one podcast a week. I had no idea how. I had little idea how I was going to come up with a relevant topic every week. I would surely run out, right? By the way, that never happened. My list is so long now, I get overwhelmed by it because there's so much to talk about. So my plan was basically not to plan it all out. I was just going to lock myself into accountability, and that would keep me going because I knew that if I commit to do it just to myself, that's much easier to get out of than committing to the world and you, the listeners, my listeners, right? I know that I value commitment. And so if I give my word, I'm going to do it. Now, if someone else holds me accountable... That doesn't always work for me. It feels like authority, right? And we generally balk against that. We don't like to be told what to do. But in this case, I positioned accountability myself. I set this up so I was using you all, my listeners, for accountability, but you didn't even know it. I knew that I would be much more likely to let it slide if no one depended on it or was waiting for it, but me. However, I would never want to disappoint you. And when I started to get positive feedback and knew you were out there listening, honestly, all it took was one listener at the beginning. And you know, as I'm talking, I'm wondering if the right word is in fact accountability. Maybe the word is that I took responsibility. I don't know, but Again, I think those of us with ADHD, we feel more warmly towards the word responsibility because it feels less like something we're forced to do and more like something that we choose to do. So anyway, it worked. I kept doing it week after week and I started to get positive feedback and you all started sending me messages of support and I got really great reviews and industry professionals. This was a big one. Psychologists, psychiatrists, ADHD professionals, people like coaches and therapists, they were referring their clients not only to the podcast, but also to the Facebook group. And guess what? All that positive emotion, it motivated me to keep going. I was proud of myself and I was helping others who were telling me that what I was doing was making a difference. It was changing their lives. 
I was living my purpose, which is to show people who they are and inspire them to be it. And it was that ADHD formula. It started with my interest. I could hyper-focus on ADHD. And then that interest led to a lot of positive emotion. And that positive emotion led to further motivation, right? And more interest. So it just kind of kept growing from there. The other thing that this podcast taught me is that I really need structure in my life, a lot of structure. For the first couple of months, the podcast literally took over my life. I honestly felt like all I did was work on the podcast. And I realized pretty quickly that this was not going to work long term. So several months in, I started batch recording. What that means is I would just record, I would take one week out of every month and I would record all four episodes in the same week. And what I realized is that if I spent a whole week researching and recording four episodes, that made me much more efficient. And it was also so much easier for my podcast editor, who didn't have to regularly send me emails asking where my podcast recordings were. What I also noticed is that I wasn't always stressed about the podcast. It made me realize how important structure really was for my ADHD brain. And you have to understand that I'm a lot like you. You know, we're creatives. We don't want to be bogged down in structure. It's confining. It can be boring. We want to keep it kind of loosey-goosey, right? Well, no. Our nonlinear brains, we need all the structure that we can possibly get to perform optimally, to be more creative. Without structure, I just have much more anxiety. So the more structure I can put into my life, the better I am at everything, the happier I am, the more relaxed I am. I mean, look, if I start out on Monday and I don't have a plan for the week, like it's not in my planner, my one, you know, my one sheet planner. And by that, I mean my meetings and my to do's and when I'm going to do the to do's, I just spin. So applying this idea to the podcast, I learned quickly that I couldn't wing it. And if I wasn't very intentional about when I chose to veer off script, I'd end up having to re-record every time because I'd start out talking about medication and I'd end up talking about, oh, I don't know, thermonuclear death stranding. And I'm kidding there because I have no idea what that even is. It just popped up in my Twitter stream. Anyway, I also learned that structure can be anything from a planner to a checklist to deadlines to a body double. It can even be a partnership. I also learned that as important as planning and structure are, they mean nothing without action. You know, you can have all these ideas about how things are going to work, so you end up perfecting these ideas over and over again based on how you think it'll turn out, but it rarely turns out that way. And then, of course, you can plan and plan and think that that's where it ends, but refuse to ever act on anything that makes you truly uncomfortable. We just talked about that, right? That means that the only thing you can really do is plan, act, and then based on the response you get, adjust. What else did the podcast teach me? This one's good. The podcast taught me to stop talking, stop interrupting, and make a concerted effort to listen more. You know, Initially, at the beginning, when I started to have guests, I noticed that I always felt that I had to respond when there was when there was silence, right? When they were either thinking about a question or reformulating a question. I was constantly talking over them, under them, and on top of them. 
Several months ago, I heard a podcast expert mention how important silence is. You don't always have to be talking. And a light bulb went off. So if you've been listening for a while and there were times that you either thought or you actually said out loud to yourself, Tracy, shut up. I heard you. (laughs) I am making a concerted effort at being silent whenever I can. And I'm paying more attention to what my guest is saying rather than focusing on, okay, how am I going to respond to what she's saying? And I'm finding that by doing this on my podcast, it's actually bleeding over to other areas of my life, which is really helpful. I mean, I think that when you ask a question, you get a much better response if you give people an opportunity to actually really reflect and think about the question before you jump all over it with further questions, right? By developing tools and strategies for you, I develop them for myself. Things like timers and clocks all over my home, but especially in the shower and bathroom. The importance of reminders, like the using the Apple Watch or reminders as to-dos, but also reminders about who you are and who you want to be. You know, we tend to forget all the amazing things that we've done So why not make a list in advance so it's ready when we're spiraling downward? We also tend to forget how to feel good when we feel good, right? Let me give you an example around health. So we're coming off the holidays, and I realized my whole family and I, we're still, we're just eating too much. My daughter is still home from college, so we all decided to go on a three-day juice cleanse. I know that's so California, isn't it? Anyway, We were on day three today, and I was driving to an appointment, and I realized just how good I felt. Intellectually, I know I feel so much better when I eat less and I eat better. My focus is so much better. My mood is better. I'm just happier. But I forget how much better I feel when I'm eating too much. And this podcast had me, has made me so much more creative. I notice connections and I have better ideas. So as I'm driving, I'm thinking, why don't I record a message to myself when I feel this good? So when I've had a few days of eating too much and I don't feel good, I can literally play the video of me talking to me <laughs> about how good I feel when I eat better, when I eat less. So that's exactly what I did. I recorded a video for myself. One of the things that I'm just totally shocked about that I really learned this podcast year is I can't believe how much I learned. You know, before I started the podcast, I would study a specific area in ADHD because I was very interested in it. But then I would lose the words because, you know, ADHD brain. And to some extent, I still do that. But because I've come at ADHD now from so many different angles and there always seems to be an overlap of knowledge, it has solidified what I know about ADHD to the point that I would now consider myself an expert. And when I first started, I would have never called myself that, certainly not about ADHD. It also solidified for me exactly how I feel about ADHD, what I believe about ADHD, you know, that I don't consider it a disorder, just a difference in how our brains work. And I know that we can all be highly successful if we're working in an area of interest, using our strengths so we're in the right environment and we have a lot of encouragement, praise, and appreciation. Bottom line, we are gold star people. 
And I know that what I believe is true because you have showed me that it's true. You know, studying the subject in school, taking classes, reading a lot of books, reading a lot of studies, they would have certainly taught me a lot about ADHD, but I'm certain that I wouldn't have amassed the knowledge that I have amassed over this past year. Why? Because you all taught me so much. And the fact that you were communicating with me, telling me what you thought, sharing how ADHD affected you personally in our Facebook group, offering your help the many, many times that I would post and say, I'm doing a podcast on RSD or Bruxis or repetitive body-focused behaviors like nail-biting and skin-picking. Tell me what's going on with you. And you responded and offered your insightful stories, your painful stories, your funny stories, your brilliant stories. It was that connection that you provided that made this work so well, that made my learning so personal and so vast. You know, connection, not only in the way I could connect to you as a person, and I have to tell you that there is virtually no place in the world that I feel like I could go today where I wouldn't be able to call someone up that I met because of ADHD, right? But also connection in the way that you have an idea that I didn't have, or you connected something I never thought of back to ADHD, or even more so that we connect over our common experiences, or I should say that we connected over our common experiences. I would have never had the same insights and knowledge and understanding without you. Another thing I have always been so positive, according to some friends, irritatingly so. You know, I'm just one of those make lemonade out of lemons people. I was born that way, and I consider it a strength. The thing is, I often felt different because of it. You know, I can hear people complain up to a point, and then it's, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? What's the lesson? What do you want to do differently now? And you can see how that just might irritate people at times. That strength, the positivity of gratitude, of always looking for the silver lining, for the lesson, it really came into play when my son was diagnosed with ADHD. And that psychologist who supposedly specialized in ADHD told me and my husband that we, as his parents, needed to reduce his expectations. I couldn't in a million years understand why any parent would do that. I knew how bright he was, so that's what sent me on a search for a different way to see his diagnosis, and unknowing to me at the time, my diagnosis, which came eight months later. My need to see the positive in everything now turned to ADHD, hyperfocus, right? And my ability to ferret out information that supported that is why this podcast exists. I was so tired of all the disorder talk and everything we supposedly couldn't do. Okay, but what about the things we can do? Better than anyone else, I might add. Why can't we focus on those things, our strengths? I know how the ADHD brain works. We need positive emotion to motivate and feel good. Pointing out everything we can't do is exactly what will ensure our failure. So I delivered the podcast week after week using my ability to make lemonade out of lemons, to find the silver lining, the lesson in everything. And so many of you have told me that it changed your life. Well, it has come full circle because you receiving it and you supporting it has changed my life.
You know, I see my life so incredibly clear now. I understand why I do what I do. I know what I need to do next. And that is in huge part because of you and this podcast. So thank you so very much. Honestly, thank you will never seem enough. Finally, I want to say this. Use this as an example. If there is something that you are really interested in and you know in your gut you can do it, but you're scared because who the hell is she to do that, right? Just pull the trigger and start. I know that if I could do it, I know that you can do it. Keep in mind, I know how overwhelming it looks when you can only see the end result, what it is that you want to accomplish. Shut that mouthy little bitch down and focus only on that one little itty-bitty thing that you can do every week to move yourself closer to that big, hairy, ostentatious goal. I promise you that in a year, your life will look completely different. Confidence, it's not something you're born with. Confidence is built through action. And that's what I have for you for this week. Again, thank you so much for being here every week and taking the time to listen to me. And thank you for all of your comments and your emails and your messages. They literally mean everything to me, almost everything to me. They come after my family. <laughs> anyway, as always, you're listening to ADHD for Smart Ass Women. If you like this podcast, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too can discover their amazing strengths. And your reviews, they really help in that regard. For me, they're like those little gold stars we used to get on our work when we were kids. One more thing. If you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, you can go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com and leave me an audio message or reach out to me at tracy at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm going to see you here next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week. <laughs>